0: All right, how are you guys doing tonight? Doing all right? All right, on the top of my notes it says, it needs humor right here and I never solved it. I noticed that right now. Um, That's awesome. I was gonna make fun of people and my wife said, don't do that. Um, She's probably right. So I'm just gonna uh, tell you, I think I'm gonna tell you a story of the first, the worst uh, introduction I've ever had as a speaker. Do you guys wanna hear that? Alright, it's the worst. This is the worst. This is the worst you've ever heard, I bet. Um, I was speaking down at the University of Florida at their FCA, like, a, like yeah, I know. Uh, by the way, this was the year, if you remember, uh, this is a while back, they won uh, basketball. Uh, no, I don't know if they won basketball. I think they won baseball, football, and, and uh, one other sport. Uh, basketball, I think it, it might have been. They won three. I don't remember what, but I remember it was football. And, and uh, that was the year that I spoke at the FCA, uh, for athletes. And so I, I feel like that was me. Anyways, um, but I went there and um, I drove for, you know, how, how far, how long did it take to get to Gainesville? Like a long time, right? I drove all day for this and I'm, I'm standing up. Uh, uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to speak in an hour. And this girl who's doing announcements asks me, she says, she's going to introduce me. So she's like, where's you from this, you know, how many kids you have, all this stuff. And then she goes, well, I need something interesting about you. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. And so I finally just said, "Look, we have a we ha- we have a 30 pound cat," and uh, my family has a 30 pound cat. And she's like, "30 pounds?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's fat and embarrassing." And and uh, sh- so she wrote all this stuff down. And then she introduces me like this, uh, "Hey, this is Miles. He's from Georgia. Um, he's got a couple kids. Whatever he does." And he goes, um, "He's got a 30 pound cat, and he's fat, and he's embarrassing." So welcome, Miles Welch. That's how she said that to me, um, and I walked up, and you like like in the groups I'm from. There's a thousand kids, right? In groups I'm from, we would all laugh at that because because whatever. But they got super awkward. Um, they were like eh, awkward panda about it all. So I walked up, and I, I I I was like, guys, I'm not fat. I'm just big boned, which I thought was brilliant. I really did. I thought I thought I nailed it. More awkward. Um, it took ten minutes. Uh, to just get a chuckle out of like one little group and I just taught my dumb message and got out of there so fast and they never called me back. Um, and I blame this chick, mostly. Um, um, anyways, that's my dumb story. You guys ready to go to work? Um, get some notes, get whatever. Uh, uh, listen, here's what I wanna do the next few weeks. Um, I know last week uh, was a shock. If you, don't, if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, I'm not gonna rehearse it. Go you know, talk, to, uh, talk to your neighbor later. And um, I know that we're not ready to move on. Like, like, it would be foolish to think, well, we're done with that. Let's just go in a direction. Uh, that's not real. But I don't want to just sit in it either and just be sad. Um, so I, I want to kind of move forward a little bit. And, and here's kind of my thinking. Um, for, for many of us that, that are part of this ministry, and uh, we're kind of trying to find our way in a new reality, right? We're just trying to find our way. And I'm, I've been praying that God would use the next couple weeks to kind of light the path for us so that we kind of know how to walk through this season. All of us are trying to find our way, and I'm, I'm hoping that, that uh, these teachings give us a handhold, uh, handholds that can move us forward. Uh, we're going to be in, in Matthew chapter four, if if uh, you care to grab your Bibles and open them to Matthew four, we're going to be doing some, what I would call key, these are just key life lessons that you need to know, uh, and uh, it's imp- I think they're important in life, and they're important in this season for us. Does that make sense? Just some key life lessons out of Matthew chapter four. I was thinking, like, if I were sitting down with my daughter's. Uh, I have two college-age daughters, and if I were if I were gonna walk with them through uh, uh, these, you know, the kind of season that we're in, what would I say? Uh, and so that's kind of guided uh, my sermon. This uh, this is really less of a sermon that's polished and and a little bit more of me just talking with you. Is that okay? Just me talking with you. Just I just want to. I don't know that's worth clapping over. No offense, but. I'm just talking to you, and this is, if you're looking for a title, call this a crash course in emotional health, okay? Just, I'm going to give you a crash course in emotional health today, and it's going to help you process what's happened in this ministry, it's going to help you process in life in general, and, and uh, so uh, I, want to, I want to look at Matthew chapter 4. Now, now, actually, we're going to start to get context in Matthew chapter 3, so are you guys the type that open your Bibles and stuff? Be that type. You should open your Bibles. Um, but I'll read it to you. Matthew chapter 3, the very end, is the baptism of Jesus, okay? It says that Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John, but John tried to deter him and said, I come to be baptized by you, and you, and, uh, you do come uh, to me. Jesus replied, let it be so now. It's proper for us to do so, this to fulfill all righteousness, and John consented as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At the moment, heaven was, at that moment heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him, which is just like how it was when you were baptized, right? Like a dove, and a voice from heaven said, "I have two questions for you." No, no, it said, uh, "This is my son." Did you, what it, was Jesus didn't? Anyways, like like John the Baptist, do you trust Jesus? I'm Jesus. Never mind. Um, so dumb. It's so dumb. But, but uh, And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is a great triune picture. You have the Spirit, you have Jesus, and you have the Father uh, saying, this is my son. That's the background. That's what happens. And then Matthew chapter 4. Okay, next thing. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And there are three temptations. We're going to be talking for three weeks. You get it. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Duh. The tempter came to him and said, if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You got to catch it. Satan said, if you're the son of God, because he heard Jesus, he heard the the voice when he was baptized that said, this is my son. And so Satan showed up and said, well, if you're the son, then why not do this? So let's talk about it. These are just life lessons, crash course in processing life. Um, After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus was in pain. And God, life is good, and, and there's so many good things in life, and I, I'm not one that would say all of life is bad and sad and emo and all that stuff. That's not me. Is that a thing still? Is emo still a thing, or is that over? It's over, huh? What's the new word for that? It's still a thing? You're, you don't want to be the one that says, yeah, it's still a thing. Um, <laughs> um, like, life is great, but sometimes, sometimes life is hard, isn't it? Isn't that true? Sometimes life is hard, right? Can we, can we say that? Yeah. And sometimes life just hurts, yeah. right? Sometimes life just hurts. That's just the reality. So I want to talk about that. And we're not going to spend a lot of time, uh, you know, the next three weeks in this level of intensity. But guys, there's something to learn in uh, what we're talking about today that uh, is going to help us process what's happened in this ministry. It's going to help you process some of the realities of your life. And I believe God can do an amazing thing if you'll, if you'll uh, be open to it. So let's just kind of walk. I have, I have some thoughts. First one is this. It'll be on the screen. Every life has pain. Right? Every life has pain. I, I would make a case that the starting place to, to give you a crash course in emotional health would be to say, Hey, every life, your life, my life, every life has hurt, has pain, has loss, has difficulty. Can we agree to that? Every life. The, the, and listen, the most powerful life lessons come from pain. Not, not from the, the 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 happy times, right? After fasting 40 days, 40 nights, Jesus is hungry. Now Jesus didn't get to choose his pain. It was chosen for him, just like you. Right? Isn't that true? You don't get to choose your pain. It was, it's chosen for you. You, get to, you inherited your pain. Now, now, there is a type of pain you choose, like stupid hurts, right? You do something stupid, you hit your head with a hammer, you're going to hurt yourself. You do something stupid in life, you date the wrong boy, yeah, you hurt yourself, but that's on you. Right? Is that too, too soon, too close, too close to home? <laughs> did I just like go, did I like, sorry, my bad. But there's a lot of pain you didn't get to choose. Can we say that? Yep. Having imperfect parents, you don't choose that. And then uh, I'll tell you, one day you're going to be an imperfect parent. And do you know what? Having perfect parents hurts too. Like the opposite also, like like parents leave a mark. Your parents left a mark. Of course they did. That's just the nature of life. They can protect you from everything but themselves. Isn't that true? There's pain to being single, right? There's a little pain. No one's going to admit it, but yeah, you're lonely at night sometimes. Uh, pain of being single. There's, there's another pain. Sorry, I told you, it's just going to be a talk. It's just going to be a little talk. There's going to be another pain. There's pain of not being single. Ooh, it's a little different pain. All all the guys in the room are like, amen. Um, I ain't going to say it loud, but it's true. There's pain of failure. Anyone ever just failed at something hard? Oh, failure. Struck out in life? What's that? All of life? Oh, brother. Hey, this message is for you, man. Um, There's pain of success. You ever win at something and realize it wasn't as awesome as you hoped? There's relational pain. There's work pain. There's psychological pain. There's large-scale 9-11 pain. There's private no-one-knows-but-you pain. There's all kinds of pain. And your life has some and my life has some. Here's a side note. Um, And just think about this. This is going to mess with some of you. God is either the author or the allower of all of it. That would be worth writing down. God is either the author or the allower of all of it. In other words, whatever was painful was headed your way. And God looked at it and said, okay, I'm going to let that one pass. And then it hit you. Nothing happened in your life outside of his sovereignty. Isn't that true? Nothing. He could have stopped any of it. And he chose not to, which messes us up about God, right? So... I want to talk about that for a second. I have the board here. I'm a little bit off my notes, a little bit uh, in the moment. I feel like God uh, wants me to talk about this. And again, if I was just sitting with my kids talking about like God is the author of all pain, then, then I feel like it would be like, well, wh- like help me understand how to follow a God that would allow pain in my life. Good question. When I was a new Christian, I was in college. Uh, my, one of my wife's uh, relatives had cystic fibrosis. And this little girl was 14 and had a terrible disease that was wrecking her from the inside out her whole life. And I remember visiting, I was a brand new Christian, visited her in the hospital uh, with my wife, and and I was walking back, and the disconnect between who I want God to be and who he actually is connected. Because I I said to myself, if I was all-powerful and all-loving, she would not have cystic fibrosis right? Like, what, like if I was in charge, that wouldn't be true. And yet it is true. And so I had to reconcile. Like, it was my first time. that I was like, God, you and I disagree, and I still think I'm right. So what do you do with that? Here's a thought. Just a thought, okay? Um, let me see if this makes sense to you. There's Uh, We'll call it my will, what I want. And then there's what God wants. Okay? This is how I reconcile this in my life. There's what I want and there's what God wants. And there's overlap. I want to be a good dad. Guess what? God wants me to be a good dad. It's easy to follow God there. So what what I had to reconcile with is... There were time, there, Like much of my life, what God wants and what I want are the same. There's an overlap, and so it's easy to follow God because it's really just doing what I want. But then there are those moments where God wants something that I don't want or I want something that God doesn't want. And in those moments, I recognize I, or I realize and I'm exposed that Either I'm following God or I want God to follow me. See, many people only follow God if God is exactly who they are. But as soon as God does something I don't like, then I realize, oh, I don't want to follow that God. Really, so you only follow the God that follows you. So before you surrender to God, God has to surrender to you and be exactly like who you want him to be. That's who God has to be? And, and all I would say is this. This is just how I, is, am I connecting with you guys? All I would say is this. For me, this makes sense. If I require God to surrender to me so that I can follow him, then I'm really not following God. I'm following myself. And it makes sense, it just makes sense that God, who lives in a different you know, stratosphere than I do, would have different opinions than I do. If God is exactly like me, then we're all in trouble. And so when, I, when God wants something I don't, like pain in my life, it exposes my inability to follow him or the parts of me that, that struggle with that. Because, listen, all pain has been authored by God or, create, or, or allowed by God. All of it he said yes to true you guys did I lose all of you immediately you guys with me did it just get deep all right well it's not going to get shallower okay you don't get to choose the pain God chooses the pain or at least allows it second you do get to choose how you respond to the pain you don't get to choose the pain you just get to choose how you respond to the pain And this is where Satan tempted Jesus. And by the way, who led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted? Oh, God did. So God wanted Jesus in pain. So, Satan did not tempt Jesus about pain, he tempted Jesus about how he would respond. If you're the son of God, if you're anointed, if God is part of your life, then you shouldn't feel this. Shouldn't your life be better if God's in it? Shouldn't things go your way more if God's in it? That's that's what he's doing. Satan's temptation was to avoid the pain. It was to avoid the pain. He's essentially saying, you're the son of God. I just heard him say it. He loves you, and he's your son, and he blessed you, and and you should not experience pain. Solve it. You don't have to sit in it. You can solve it. Just a thought. If God is saying yes to pain in your life, maybe you shouldn't say no. Maybe God has a, a better way than that. So Satan's temptation is to avoid pain. And, and guys, this is what we do. Man, we cave on this one. Uh, uh, we're just not good at this. This is why I'm talking about it. Um, there are four things we do to avoid pain in general in this country. Um, anyone guess? Four things we do to avoid pain. Don't, don't raise your hand. Just yell out. Drugs? Okay. Eat? Who said eat? Oh, yeah, Eat? Drinking, gosh, you guys are partiers. Um, drugs and drinking—it's the best. Um, so, so listen. Uh, uh, I'll say eating. Let's just start with eating. Okay, overeating. You ever feel bad? Come home, grab some ice cream. Right. And here's what I know you're saying right now. If you're like me, you're saying this. What's wrong with ice cream? And I would say back, well, what's wrong with bread? It was just bread. What's wrong with that? Well. If you're doing it to avoid pain, if you're saying no to the pain that God said yes to, then there's a lot wrong with it. It's not the what, it's the why. You can do anything to soothe the pain. Uh, another one. Pick, pick another one. Well, I'll just go through them. Uh, watching TV just numbs you. You ever just turn on the TV and let it numb you? Shopping. Girls, shopping, right? <laughs> Many people buy things not because, like Amazon Prime, right? Oh, God, it's a disease. It's a addiction. Many people buy things not because they need things, but because they're wounded. And they're hoping that when they buy it, it makes them feel better. Then there's like the internet, gaming, social media, surfing, all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, that, that, that stuff undoes us. And here, here's the point, okay? Just stay with me. When you avoid pain, you don't deal with it. You postpone it. You just postpone it. And you let it build up inside of you. It just grows inside of you, just more and more and more. You don't process it. You don't deal with it. You don't solve it. You just pile it up. There's no shelf life to pain. There's no shelf life. That if you experienced something when you were really young, this is why counselors will often be like, tell me what was your house was like at, fourth grade, at four years old. You know why? Because if you had something bad happen at four, it's still in you. Because there's no shelf life. It just, it just uh, builds up. And I'll tell you what it's like, okay? I'm going to try to draw a picture. I always draw this one poorly. Um, so I'm going to try to draw a heart. Uh, and this is my heart. It always feels like a butt to me. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay. It's pretty good. Thank you. Let me tell you what pain does inside of you. And this is a picture. It's not clinically true, but it's, it's, it's uh, very true. Um, when, when you've experienced pain, it's like you lose a little bit of yourself. And if you, if you just ignore it and avoid it, then you've lost it. And then you do a little bit more. And then you, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a million things. It's death by a thousand paper cuts. Just a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And then sometimes big things happen. And you lose more and more of yourself. Until eventually you're a, you're a stranger to your own, your own inner world. There are places inside things, there are wounds and places you can't go because it's all piled up and now it's in you. You listen, you can't follow God with your whole heart if you don't have access to your whole heart. If there are places inside of you you will not go because it's too painful then you can't follow God with your whole life yet. And maybe it's a journey you're on, but if you're just like, well, I'm just gonna avoid pain and live without, and just, well, it never happened. You got a little black box and things happen. You just shove in the black box and move on. Just put it in the black box. And it doesn't have to be things done to you. You can experience pain because of things you did. Right? And that stuff will pile up. And listen, it has, it has, uh, what this does inside of you is very consistent. It starts to uh, reveal itself in very uh, w- ways that are very common. You can see it. I call it ghosts from the graveyard. They just come out. They just come out. And you're like, where did that even come from in me? Well, it came from unresolved issues. So here's one, anger. If, you ha- if you're just angry, I told you this last week, anger is how a wounded heart protects itself. It's how a wounded heart tries to gain control. Addiction. you know that all addiction is rooted in pain? And an attempt to resolve inner issues? And don't assume that I'm talking about, like, heroin. I'm talking about workaholism. Cleanaholic. Anyone... Anyone know in a cleanaholic that they just their house has to be spotless? Just messing people up. Appearance, adventure, people who work out like it's an addiction because they're, they're trying to resolve something. Don't look around the room. That's unhealthy. Um, <laughs> apathy. Do you know what apathy is? When you don't care anymore. When there are things you care about and you just don't care anymore. Apathy is connected to pain. Alienation. Alienation is when you feel like no one understands you. Aloneness, when you feel like no one cares about you. Angst. Attention deficit disorder is connected to pain. Did you know that? I was, uh, one of my favorite stories about this, I was, I was uh, this is years ago, I was in a flight. Uh, I think I was coming from California home. And uh, I was sitting next to this uh, professor from Wake Forest University, super arrogant. Oh, oh, this is the worst person. And, and, uh, um, and he's you know he's like what do you do i'm like well i'm actually a pastor and he's like ha ha like so just condescending and like oh i guess you know people need witch doctors and tribal leaders and blah 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 and i'm like really um and he's just condescending and 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 i say now tell me what do you do and he said well, i'm i'm leading the team that's on the cutting edge of attention deficit disorder in the country and i lead the team and we're breaking ground and we have all this new research and whatever and i think i found out what what it comes from, and I said, hey, let me take a guess, and he goes, okay, I said, I think attention deficit disorder is rooted in pain, a lot of it, and he looked at me, and he goes, how did you know that, and I said, because it's in the Bible. (laughs) It's in the Bible. All those things are connected to pain and more, like you start to lose yourself And just stuff comes out. Avoiding pain doesn't resolve it. When you give in to Satan's temptation to just ignore it, do something else, don't process it, don't go deep in it, just live shallow, then things in you happen. It messes up your inner world. So what's the right way to to deal with it? Well, I'm glad you asked. Jesus talks about this in Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are those who do what? Blessed are those who mourn. Hmm. For they will be comforted. The opposite of avoiding pain is mourning. It's processing. It's going deep into it to, to, to process it. And Jesus called people who mourn blessed. I think we should talk about this verse more. I think you should memorize this verse and know this verse. This verse is the key in my opinion, it's like, a, it's like a biblical key that unlocks God's perspective on health, on inner health. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. It's not the mourning. It's the comfort that matters. The mourning is how you get there. So, listen, Jesus had seven words in the Greek to choose from, from like just real, real shallow to very intense mourning. And Jesus chooses a Greek word, penthontes, that's, that's uh, the most aggressive Okay, so when he says mourn, he's talking about aggressive mourning. Uh, Actually, in all of Greek literature, other than this verse, it is used uh, the strongest word possible for mourning. I think it says on the screen it's the deep mourning. It is like the deep mourning and wailing that occurs over the death really, the untimely death of a loved one. And Jesus says that's blessed. Isn't that crazy? Blessed are you who mourn. So the question is why, why? Why would that level of mourning be blessed? Here's why it's the comfort that's blessed, not the mourning. And listen, the deeper you mourn, the deeper you experience God's comfort. See, if you live in shallow places, you experience a shallow God and you have shallow comfort from God. If you're just skimming the surface of this thing, you never get the benefits. The more freely you allow yourself to mourn, the more freely you experience God's comfort. The more deeply you allow yourself to mourn, the more deeply you experience God's comfort. It's not the mourning. The mourning is the tool, the pathway, the comfort is the outcome is the thing we're going for? That's what's blessed. So I want to tell you how to do it. I'll tell you how to do it. Just I have three thoughts. Just a little little journey for you. First, every pain deserves its own funeral. Okay, every pain deserves its own funeral. Whatever's gone on in your life, that's it deserves its own funeral. And and I'm not talking about you know like like you get a B on a test and you and you cry for three weeks. That's crazy talk. Okay, I'm not talking about that. But I am talking about living fully. You know, life has loss not all of life, not everything's bad, but sometimes bad things happen. Sometimes things are, are hurting. And when they do, there should be an appropriate moment of mourning over it. One of the ways you know that you're, you have this going on is it's a level one pain and you have level 10 mourning. Well, there's probably some stuff happening in here. Every pain deserves its own funeral. Things things have, you know, in effect, you've had relationships die. Have you mourned them? Have you processed? You've had dreams, hopes. You were hoping life would turn out one way and it didn't. Your family, you were hoping it would go one way and it didn't. Just all kinds of things die. Well, when it dies, have a funeral. Okay? Take them one at a time and sit in it. That's what it means. Take it one at a time and sit in it. A funeral is a time to process what has happened. Have a funeral for it. Not a long one, not a weird one. I'm not talking about being, again, I'm not talking about being sad. I'm talking about being honest about what's happening. You know, there was someone that I was talking to uh, in the last week who was talking about what's, you know, what's happened in this ministry. and, And he just said, he said this to me. He said, I'm angry. And I'm sorry because I know I shouldn't be. And, and I just thought, no, I kind of think you should be. I think that's okay. I think that's honest. I think that's real. I think that's what, the, what I'm talking about. I'm not, I don't mean fake and just pretend everything's fine. Everything's not fine. And, and it's okay to sit in that. It's okay to acknowledge that and live in that. And you got to have a moment where you, where you process it. Shouldn't live there for 30 years, but you should live there some. Be there for a second. Last one. Healing comes when we invite God to the funeral. So don't be there yourself. Invite God. God, tell me why this happened. God, help me process it. Listen, God, help me understand what you know that I don't know. Because I don't get it. Here's one of the things, I, I, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is a prayer, Psalm 109. Listen to this prayer, okay? David, King David, has been wronged by people he loves. They betrayed him, and he prays a prayer that you've never heard at a prayer meeting. So he says, in return for my friendship, they accuse me, but I'm a man of prayer, right, because I'm awesome and they suck. And they repay me evil for good and hatred for my friendship. Okay, so that's the setup. Now, here's the prayer. Psalm 109. Appoint someone evil to oppose my enemy. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is tried, let him be found guilty, and may his prayers condemn him. May his days be few, but may another take his place of leadership. May his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. oh May his children be wandering beggars, and may they be driven from their ruined homes. May creditors seize all that they have, and may strangers plunder the fruits of his labor. May no one extend kindness to him or take pity on his fatherless children. May his descendants be cut off and their names blotted out from the next generation. May the inequities of his fathers be always before you, God. May the sin of his mother never be blotted out. In Jesus' name, amen. Right. (laughs) Never heard that prayer? That's in the Bible. Like, think about that. Why, why would that be in the Bible? Is that prayer in keeping with the heart of God at all? No. That, that prayer is not in keeping with the heart of God. That prayer is honest, authentic, inviting God into something that sucks. That's what that is. That's sitting with God. And having a funeral. God can take that. That's why it's in the Bible. I love that psalm. So you gotta process, you gotta sit in it. Don't avoid it, you gotta live in it. Not forever, but you gotta have your moment. Does that make sense to you guys? That's, listen, that's a crash course on healthy emotion. I got one more thing to say about it. Uh, number three. How you walk through this will define your relationships. If you will process life and go deep, oh, God will use you in the lives of other people. But if you're shallow, then when your friends, when people you know are experiencing life, all you have is the same shallow answers you give yourself. You ever you ever sit in pain, and then your friend comes over, and they like they put some bumper sticker Christianese on your pain. You know what I mean? Just some some dumb thought. Hey, listen, man. God, all things work together for the good. You're like, well, thanks. Um, <laughs> and, and, like, I'm not exaggerating. My wife, uh, you know, a while back had cancer. Like, my wife had cancer. And I was talking about it, and this guy comes up to me, and he says this. I'm not exaggerating. He goes, listen. First he said this. He's all, listen, I have the cure for cancer. And I'm like, dude, you're holding out on a lot of people. Um, <laughs> like, you should go with that like anyways and then he he says this that was what he told me was crazy but then he said he said i just want you to know this when god closes a door he opens a window that's what he said to me what that's my wife what are you saying what are you saying about my wife like if she dies there's someone else for me that's like that's supposed to be the comfort here's the deal When you give yourself shallow answers and you don't process life, then when people are hurting and you wanna come around them, all you have is the same dumb, shallow answers you tell yourself and you help nobody. You actually make them feel condescended. What you're really saying is if you had more faith, you wouldn't be mourning and that's not true. That's not true at all. It's authentic and healthy and right to mourn sometimes. Job's friends were fine until they started talking. I think we miss out. Listen, I think you miss out on the greatest opportunity to help people find Jesus sometimes because they come to you in pain and you don't process you don't have the real thoughts because you 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 can't go to the deep places in them because you haven't been to the deep places in you and they sense in you the same shallow answers answers that the world has and they go looking for a a different answer but i'll tell you listen i've lived this i promised this I, i know this This world is filled with people who are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. They're looking for people who are safe to bring hurt. And if you would just be safe for their sorrow, I promise you, they would listen to you talk about Jesus. They would listen to you. But if all you have is the same shallow answers that you give yourself, and if they're shallow, then want Jesus because it hasn't helped you. Am I connecting? I think we miss out. Listen, I think that's a big deal. I was... Uh, I probably need to wrap up here. I was... Uh, I'll tell you a story about a guy named James, a friend of mine, good friend of mine. He, he's uh, here at the church, and uh, James and his wife had a little baby, a little girl, uh, who's, who was born with his insides backwards. The little girl's insides were backwards. And the little girl... Uh, lived for six months, and um, I think had 17 surgeries in six months. Um, It was awful. It was awful. And finally, the doctor said, there's nothing we can do. And so they brought little baby home and put the baby in the swing, and the baby died that day. Uh, In the swing, and and uh, uh, I I knew James and was at his house and and uh, did the funeral uh, for James uh, for James' little baby, little casket, and and James cried and cried and cried and cried at the funeral, which he should have done. And the next day, James enrolled in college. And got real busy and i remember hearing about it and and he was i was hearing man james is so strong he's going to you know he's going to college. he's bucked up and he's going and i thought to myself no nah, that just sounds sounds like he's just avoiding things so i called him up and i said hey man come down to my office came down to my office and i started talking about pain started talking about this stuff and uh james started crying in my office and he just cried he said you're right i'm just uh, man this i don't know what to do He cleans himself up goes off goes on with his life week later i call him back have him come back in and and uh cries again a week later he calls me says i need to come down to your office and he sits in my office and he cries i said hey how come you're here and he said your office is the only place i can cry and really be honest about what's going on in my life. And I thought to myself, I think that's what a pastor is supposed to be. I don't think it's building big ministries and you know, being on the cover of Jesus Magazine or whatever. I think a pastor's, I think a leader, I think what we're supposed to be, what you're supposed to be, is the only place that people feel safe to really get honest about who they are and what's going on. That's who you're supposed to be. And to do that though, you gotta start with you. And you gotta get honest with you. And listen, this is, for some of you, this, what's happened here has been a hit and you gotta get honest about it. And, and there are bigger things going on and some of you just have life issues, but listen, don't avoid pain, we process pain. We live in pain. That's what this temptation is. Satan would love for you to walk away and just get busy in a, in a shallow direction. Is that, am I connecting with you guys? Is that helpful to you? Can we stand? I just want to pray for you. The band's going to come up. I, w- I want to I uh, talk about that. I know we went to the deep end uh, today, but I think we just needed to. Um, let me just uh, pray for us, and and uh, so Father, I do. I pray over this group and these people. I pray over myself, Lord, and, and I pray that you would help us to be number one. You would help us to be honest ab- about the things. And uh, again, not, I'm not saying we all have to be sad and life's all bad, but there are things. Life can be life can be wounding, right? Life can be wounding, and and uh, there are some things that have happened in here that hurt. And we're trying to figure out how to walk through it. And so, God, I I pray for us that you would help us to process, to sit with you. To invite you into our pain so that we can experience your comfort. The the truth is, Lord, life can be wounding and you're healing. And one of those two thoughts is, is ruling our life. And I pray that your healing would rule us. So... Uh, we love you, and uh, we're gonna worship now. Here's what I, here's what I want you to do. We're gonna we're gonna worship, and and for some of you, you just need to respond to what you heard. You need to you need to make a move because what that move ultimately means is I have business to do with God on this issue, and this is all I'm gonna invite you to do. Just come come forward and kneel down and pray, and you do your business. It's not between us and you. It's between you and God. Everyone else, we're just gonna sing, but if you have business, if you know that there's stuff that you're just letting it pile up and you just need to you just need to say even to yourself I'm going to make a move then you come down here let's whatever else we are as a ministry let's be honest about who we are about where we're at and so you come forward and and you do that do your business with God and and, uh, when you're done you can go back to your seat and then we'll come up and end the night does that sound good to you guys All right, let's worship well and obey God if God is putting it on you you come forward let's worship well
1: things have passed away, but your love has stayed the same, your constant grace.
0: Pray together, so Father, those that have come forward, God, we pray your your divine healing upon them. Holy Spirit, you you touch, you heal, you resolve, you free, you unleash, you do what you do, and not just for them, but for all of us. And so, Father, I pray as we walk through this season that you help us to to know you deeply, to walk with you fully, and I thank you for the God. I just I just declare it that. These students, these college kids chase Jesus like crazy, and I love it. I'm glad I get to be a part of it. I pray that you be with them. I pray that you love them and bless them. In Jesus' name, amen.